Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 570 of So You Want to Be a Writer, the podcast that's all about writing and publishing. My name's Valerie Koo. I'm CEO of the Australian Writer Centre, the world's leading centre for writing courses, and I'm your host. What have you been up to this week? I have been, well, <laughs> I have been habit stacking. Now, I actually used to do this quite a lot, but I kind of forgot about it for a while, you know, a few years kind of thing. But my friend Michelle Cox reminded me of it the other day. Michelle has written a few books, but also has a fabulous podcast called One Question, where she interviews interesting people, often leaders in their field, and poses one question. And that question is, I'm sure you want to know, is if there was one thing you think society should talk more about, what would it be? And she ends up with a whole range of fantastic conversations. But I digress. Back to habit stacking. In case you're not sure what habit stacking is, it's where you stack a new behavior that you're trying to adopt onto an old one in order to help you to remember to do it. So the example that she gave me was that she does 10 squats whenever she brushes her teeth. I loved that idea and it made me think, well, writing can be a very sedentary activity. I mean, it is a very sedentary activity. So how can someone incorporate more movement into their day, you know? I mean, everyone's different, of course, and you may not need these techniques. But here's one thing I'm trying. When I edit, so I do a lot of editing, um, when I edit 10 pages, after I finish 10 or so pages, then I do, well, I have to do a minimum of 10 10 pages, then I do 10 push-ups. It's weird, but I almost trick myself into thinking that the push-ups are a reward, so they don't actually seem like a chore. Also, when I'm not writing or editing, I'm often painting or creating artwork. In particular, I paint large-scale flowers. So my new habit stacking strategy, and you should see this, (laughs) it's a sight to see if you head into my studio, but anyway, it actually seems to be working right now, Um, is that now every time I paint two or three petals, because yeah, I paint large-scale flowers, I have to stop and do 10 squats. I know, a bit weird, but um, it seems to be working. Anyway, I thought I'd share that in case it's something that you can incorporate into your creative day. Like maybe you can set a timer every hour or so, whatever, to ensure that you get out of your chair and maybe do some lunges or something, do lunge the length of the room, whatever works for you. There you go. Habit stacking for writers. Now, long-time listeners will know that I kind of have a thing for Latin. So I was thrilled recently when the son of one of my besties was choosing his subjects at school and he was debating whether or not to do Latin. Needless to say, I chimed in with my encouragement and it seems he's loving the subject, so that makes me really happy. Now, people wonder why it's worth studying because, you know, they think it's a dead language, as in no one speaks it at all these days. And the closest you come to it is, you know, when you see it on a coat of arms or a shield of some nature or whatever. But there could be nothing further from the truth. And I know that a lot of people who are listening aren't probably going to go suddenly go and study Latin, but you might have kids in your life who are potentially choosing it or not, right? So I just thought I'd mention it. Um, When you study Latin, you do learn skills that you use every single day. Apart from the fact that many words have their roots in Latin, I believe that the most useful skills that you get from Latin are actually logic 
and incredible attention to detail. It's actually an extremely precise and logical and almost mathematical language. So it's a great combination of creativity, you know, all those wonderful words, but it also develops an an ordered and systematic way of thinking about things. Anyway, just thought I'd mention that. Again, I've kind of gone off on a little tangent there. Um, So I'm going to move back on to important things like my fun fact for you this week. And well, it is related to Latin. That's why, that's how I got onto this topic, right? Did you know that the word rodent, as in the family of animals that it includes mice and rats, (laughs) comes from the Latin word rodera, to gnaw, it means to gnaw, so R-O-D-E, R-E, that's R-O-D-E-R-E, to gnaw, rodera. So a rodent is literally, you know, a gnawer or one who gnaws. Now, when I say R-O-D-E-R-E, you might think, oh, that's rodea or rodere or whatever. But no, I mean, in Latin, it's pronounced as rodera. As I said, it means to gnaw and it comes from the fact that rodents have long incisors that grow continuously, continuously, and are worn down by the actual act of gnawing. There you go, Rodera. One thing I'm also looking forward to that I want to let you guys know about because I think it's so important is our next seminar in our Focus On series with the wonderful Pamela Freeman, who's our Director of Creative Writing here at the Australian Writers' Centre. She's published well over 40 books, so, you know, she's pretty experienced and everyone loves her because she's able to brilliantly distill complex concepts in a very easily digestible way. And that's certainly one of the things that she'll be doing on our next Focus On seminar, which is next week. And it is Focus On Subplots. Now, each time we do a deep dive in these seminars into a very particular aspect of the craft of writing and subplots are so important. The Focus On seminars go for an hour and a half and the next one is on at 7 p.m. Sydney, Melbourne time on Thursday, the 26th of October, 2023. Now it's one hour of the seminar and then you have 30 minutes of Q&A where you can get all of your questions answered. I think subplots are so important because every novel has subplots, right? But where do you weave them in? How do you weave them in? Which parts of the story do you put them into? How do you balance the subplot and the main plot? And which characters have subplots? And how do you not detract away from the main plot, right? I mean, there's so many questions. And there's actually very few resources out there on exactly the framework a step-by-step process on how to integrate subplots into your main story. So this online seminar is perfect if you want to know how to make sure that your subplots are included in the right way. Um, They're they're so important to make your, to enhance your themes, to enrich your main narrative, importantly to increase narrative tension. So Learn all about it at writercenter.com.au slash subplots. That's writercenter.com.au slash subplots. So book in at uh, that URL and it's on Thursday, the 26th of October, 2023 at 7pm Sydney, Melbourne time. We'll see you there. All right, now let's move on to our writer in residence this week. 
Today, I'm talking to Lauren Jackson. Lauren lives in a small coastal town in Australia, and her latest books are Meant to Be and Die for You. Her hobby of writing stories developed into a passion when she discovered the website Wattpad at 14. Since 2012, she has garnered thousands of followers and millions of views on her stories, which helped her grow and develop her love for writing. She now has fans and followers from all over the world. Thanks so much for joining us today, Lauren. Thank you for having me. Look at this, two books out. I mean, there's not many situations where an author has two books out on the same day. So let's talk about um, both of them. Which one would you like to start with first? Uh, Maybe Meant to Be, because that was the first one that I wrote. Okay. So Meant to Be, for people who have not got a copy yet, what is Meant to Be about? Uh, Meant to be a small town, second chance romance um, about a girl who left her hometown very suddenly and cut off all contact with her friends and family. But the book starts with her returning a few years later, but you don't know why she left. Um, And then all the kind of things that she ran away from are still there, like all the same people and everything. Um, And then there's just flashbacks that tell you kind of what happened, but you don't really find out until the end when it all comes together. Now, you live in a small town, so you do have some inspiration to draw on from, you know, your own personal life, but Die For You (laughs) is very, very different. What's Die For You about? (laughs) Uh, Die For You um, is about vampires, basically. Um, So it's similar in like the contemporary romance genre, but, um, and it's still in the real world, but it has vampires and a few other, you know, supernatural things happening. Uh, but the general public just don't know about it. So, so similar to kind of like Twilight Vampire Diaries kind of style. And I love it because um, vampires are clearly back. And I love how you said to those who never grew out of their vampire era. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> You're not the only one. Okay. So um, let's just backtrack. When did you realize you wanted to be a writer? So it started when I was probably about 14. Um, so I used to write all the time on just like notebooks, napkins, all the time when I, as a kid. Um, and then my sister was at school to, uh, at uni, sorry, to be um, starting to be a teacher. And they were saying, um, you know, there's a website called Wattpad where you can write books and get feedback. And it, you don't have to write books. It can be like, um, you know, ideas and just practicing things. And she was like, oh, you should go on there and have a look. Um, and then I started reading some books and there were people just the same age as me doing the same kind of thing. We were just at school. And um, so then I just started writing on there just for fun because I already had all these ideas. And then um, my stories just kind of went crazy on there. And then people were just suddenly asking me for more. And they were like, when's the next book coming? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I hadn't thought about that. Um, and then all of a sudden I was just writing all the time. Um, and then I saw a lot of uh, people that I knew online were just self-publishing and I was like, well, I feel like I've got a lot of knowledge and things and I had an audience there. So I was like, I may as well give it a go. Um, And then I did all that last year, self-published and everything like that. Um, And then I was just marketing on Instagram and TikTok and things like that. And then that's where Penguin found me. Yeah, you've got like a gazillion followers on um, Instagram. Well, not a gazillion, but maybe like 17,000 or something like that, right? Which um, is fantastic in terms of your author platform. Um, and you, you've really carved out this incredible following, as you say, but it all started with Wattpad, which is 
for those people who are not familiar with it, you put your writing up and then readers can, as you say, give feedback or, um, you know, comment on it and you can create this following on Wattpad. But not everyone is successful as that, at, at that. But you were. What do you think you did that resonated with people? I think um, I was just, when I wrote the books, it wasn't really polished and things like that. I would just use Aussie slang, um, which I still do in my books without even realizing. Um, and I think I would just like, you know, I'd write things on the end. I'd be like, oh, I've never written anything like this before. Let me know if it was okay. Like, I feel like people were just like, oh, she's just a normal person giving it a go. Um, and yeah, I don't know why it just suddenly took off. Like it just went like really crazy. I think it was, there weren't as many writers and on there at the time like there was still a lot but not compared to now so I just feel like it was all just about timing um and I spoke to anyone that reached out so every comment every message I was replying and um and the feedback I used to get was people would be like oh it's really nice to actually talk to the author and I'd used to try to like give advice and to anyone else that was starting um so I think just I don't know just being like a real person I guess um and just being relatable to others I think made a difference and when you first started, you probably didn't have it, you know, when you started like at 14, you probably didn't have a particular strategy at the time, but can you cast your mind back and think, what did you do? Did you, did you upload chapters at a time? Did you just upload short stories at first and then start uploading novel? Like what, how did it roll out? It just started, um, but I'd already had an idea and I had a few like chapters written just in my notebook. Um, and then I just transferred that to the laptop and started writing. Um, and I think I wrote about three chapters and they were really short and I just posted them. Um, and then a few people were like, had commented, when's the next one? And I was like, oh, I haven't even got this book planned. I don't even know where it's going, what's happening. So I was like, I don't know, uh, now I guess. So I just went on there and I started writing and then, and then, you know, I was listening to comments. Some people would be like, oh, it'd be really cool. Like, you know, if, if this happened or if this person came back and I was like, and I, you know, I was just taking in what they'd say. And, um, so they kind of helped me with it as well. Cause I'd never written a book. Um, and then all of a sudden I just, I was halfway and I was like, well, I've originally ha written half a book. I may as well keep going. And, and then once I finished that book, people wanted to know when the next one was coming. So I just, I never really had a plan. I just kind of would just sit down and write. And that's just how it all took off. <laughs> And it's, I guess it's motivational when you know, there's a hungry audience there waiting for the next part of the story right um yep. yeah so did 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 um how long did it take and how frequently were you uploading the next piece of the story I think I was doing it once a week um at that stage and then I started doing it twice a week because when I was back at school I didn't have as many responsibilities so um like you know when I was 14 15 I felt like I had a lot of time to kind of do that the older I got the slower the updates got uh, but yeah I was, I was definitely doing it every week and I think it probably took a, at least six months for it to um, really pick up and then once the book was finished that's when it really blew up because I think a lot of people would only wait for a book to be completed because sometimes you can start a book on Wattpad and then the writer just never updates again so you get halfway through and it's incomplete so um, I think once I started writing a lot of completed books, that's when um, a lot of people started reading them. And so was it like a chapter a week kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. So I'd be just doing a chapter a week whenever I had the idea. Sometimes I would do like a couple updates a week and then it'd be a couple of weeks and in between those. 
it was really quite random. And so many people would say, you know, what's your scheduling process? And I was like, I don't have one. I just write whenever I feel like it. Um, but yeah. And then when I was older, I'd always try to be like, oh, you know, Fridays are the day that I'm going to post. And I tried to have a bit more of a schedule, but I was never very good at sticking with it. <laughs> and how many books did you end up writing on Wattpad? I think it was about seven, I think. Yeah. And they and were all high school kind of romances. And, um, and then when I was writing on Wattpad, because I had so many people wanting like the next chapter, when I decided to self-publish, I wanted to write a brand new book that had never been seen online. And I didn't know how I was going to write it without that demand. I was like, am I going to just get halfway and then just lose interest um, and things like that without having those people like, um, you know, holding me accountable. But I ended up writing it really quick and I've been able to write really quick ever since. So thankfully that wasn't a problem. That's great. So when you wrote seven on Wattpad, were they, did you write them in a linear fashion or do you you have a few going at once? Generally, I would finish one and then start one, but I'd always get so excited to start a new one before I finished a book. So sometimes I would have two or three on the go. But then I would always favor one that I had all the inspiration for. And then people would be like waiting for updates on the other one. So then I was really tough on myself and I wasn't allowed to post a new one until I finished one just so that I wasn't, um, you know, leaving people hanging. Um, but yeah, I, I started writing them all pretty quick. And in the end, I was writing like two books, probably two to three books a year. Wow. Uh, yeah, I don't know how I did that. I guess I just had more time, more time back then. <laughs> And so you obviously have a leaning towards the romance genre and different subgenres within the romance genre. What's the appeal? I just like, you know, being drawn into someone's world, like the, what their relationship is, how they're feeling, how that impacts not just one area of their life, but pretty much every part of their life. Um, and then as someone obviously who living life myself and having relationships and things like that, I just think it's really interesting reading someone else's story and also creating someone else's story. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's a really fun genre and I like that there's so many different aspects to it. It's like, it can be like a vampire romance or it can be like a second chance one where they've been in love, but then something happened and then they find each other again. Like there's just so many different levels to the genre, which I love. When you started writing, did you know that you were like basically becoming a romance author? (laughs) Well, at the beginning, because I actually read a lot of thrillers, that's what I read the most. And I would love to write a thriller, but I'm someone who doesn't really plan a lot. I just kind of write as I go. Whereas with a thriller, I feel like you have to be so on top of your planning, like things have to happen at a very precise time. So I'd still really like to explore that avenue, but I haven't really made the time to actually sit down and nut something out yet. Um, I just think romance comes very naturally to me when I write. Like I could just sit down and write like 5,000 words out of nowhere. Whereas with a thriller, I would really be like, I'd be taking my time and trying to plan things out. Um, Yeah, romance is just easier, I think, for me. (laughs) (laughs) It comes naturally to you. So when you decided, okay, I'm going to indie publish after you wrote your seven books on Wattpad, what was the response like then? And how did you get the word out there? Um, so I actually got the idea from the readers from Wattpad because they kept saying to me, are you going to self-publish these works? Um, but a lot of them are tied up with Wattpad and part of like paid programs and all different things. Um, so that's when I decided I was just going to write a fresh one, um, just offline and then publish it. Um, 
I think, well, I started my Instagram only a couple of months before my book came out. So I felt like there was a lot of work to do that I didn't really think about. I thought writing the book was the hard part, but then all of a sudden I needed like an Instagram because I didn't have one dedicated to books. I just had my personal one and I never posted about books on there. Um, And then I needed to make a website and I needed to make a TikTok. And I just felt like there was so much work to do and not enough time to like build that up. But thankfully it all just kind of rolled and happened um, pretty naturally. But TikTok was definitely the biggest platform for getting um, the word out. Right. So was that, um, did you start building your own separate following on TikTok? It wasn't like that all of the Wattpad people came over. No. So it actually, um, I feel like it, it was all brand new audience. And then um, a lot of people randomly on Wattpad would be like, oh, I didn't realize that you were doing that now. And then they would, like, or I would come up on their like feed and stuff and they'd be like, oh, I used to read your book like years ago, back when you were writing on Wattpad. Um, so yeah, I do think it's a lot of new followers, although every now and then people will still message me and be like, are you going to publish your, your old books? But um, they were all very like high school based, whereas now I write more like people in their early 20s. So I pretty much say no, um, but I could use those characters and rewrite them, but I probably wouldn't base it in the high school anymore. <laughs> so talk to me about your TikTok strategy. You only started it like a couple of months before your book came out. What did you, when you started your TikTok account then, what did you decide to do on TikTok? So I just had a personal account that I um, used and then I suddenly ended up in BookTok because obviously I was a reader. Um, and then I was just seeing people making videos about books they liked. And I was like, well, I read a lot of books and not a lot of my real life friends read. Um, so it'd be like really cool to talk to other people about it. So I just randomly started making videos being like, oh, five romance books like I couldn't put down or um, some of the favorite books I've read this year. And I just started like, and I never showed my face or anything. I just did a couple of like book photos and then um, videos. And then they just suddenly like started taking off and people would be like, oh, do you have any thriller recommendations? And I was like, well, yes, I write, I read a lot of thrillers. So, and then all of a sudden I was just answering questions or like if I saw someone else would uh, do a video, I was like, oh, that's a good idea. I might do a similar one. And um, and then all of a sudden, when I was like writing a book, I started going on like author pages and seeing what they were doing. And basically I would just start talking about my book and like doing like little sentences here and there from it. Or I'd be like, if you like these kind of books, I'm writing a book like this. And, um, and then that's just kind of how that all kind of happened. That's incredible. So would you say that, um, the, what would you say has been the most effective promotional strategy for your books? Definitely TikTok. Mm, brilliant. All right. So then you self-publish, right? Um, and how many did you indie publish? Just one. So that was just this one, um, meant to be. Yeah. So and I just, I wrote and published and did all of that by myself. Um, and it was out, so that was June last year. And mm-hmm. then I wrote Die For You and I end of last year. And then it was literally ready to publish. Like I had the whole cover done. I had all the formatting, everything done. So I got an email from Penguin and they were just um, asking, you know, if I would be interested in publishing and, and things like that. Um, and then I had a call with them and they were like, oh, maybe just hold off on the release of the second book because, um, you know, we, I think we'd like to work with you. And then, which was a little bit awkward because I'd be promoting it so much. So I was like, oh, wait, it's actually not coming out this week. Um, just hang on a minute. And then 
Um, but then, you know, it all happened. And then, so that was back in June. So it was, I was going to try and release a book every June was my plan. Um, but then all this happened. So, um, so Diapied never actually made it out into the market yet. So it's all happening now. So what, what did you think when, um, they called, when the publishers called and, and had you not thought of sending it to a publisher yourself? Well, I had, um, I really actually wanted to go down that avenue. Um, and then I did start randomly sending to some places. Um, but a lot of them had like six month wait or turnarounds and some of them wouldn't actually like contact you if you weren't successful. And then, um, a lot of them wanted an agent or things like that. And, um, so I was pretty much like, am I just going to sit on this book and wait a really long time when people may not even, um, you know, want to publish it? And that's when a lot of my friends were like, well, I'm just doing it all myself and it's actually not as hard as you think. So that's why I ended up just self-publishing because within a year I had the publishing deal anyway, thankfully. Um, but yeah, I could have just been like sitting and not wasting time, but technically wasting time, if that makes sense. Um, yes. That's all worked out for the best, but. Um, but yeah, a lot of places just weren't accepting manuscripts, um, which was the hardest part. Or you had to have an agent, which I didn't have. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much why doing that. Had you submitted to um, Penguin? No. So they were the ones that I really wanted to submit to, but they didn't have it open until I think it was between October and November. They had like a window of opening. And this was back in February when I was looking. So I, I didn't really want to just sit and wait around for all that time um, and especially for them to potentially say no anyway. Um, but yeah, so that's why that ended up happening. So what, what did you think when you got the email and, and then th had the subsequent phone call? I was in shock at first because I was actually at um, an, an author's event who just got published and I was interviewing her with my book club and my question to her was, um, you know, how did you get published? Like, I was so curious about it. Um, and then all my friends were like, oh, would you ever try to submit traditionally and things like that? And I was like, oh, I'd love to, but the wait times are so long. Like, I could just do the whole thing myself and have the book out. Um, I was like, but I would love to be published traditionally. And then I got home that night and the message was there. And I was like, and I just kind of read over it a few times and I was like, is this real or not? I'm not sure. But then I like looked it all up and it was verified and everything like the, um, the contact, but, um, I was, yeah, I was very shocked. And then I woke up the next day and I was like, did I just dream that because I was at that book event and having that exact conversation? <laughs> that is so spooky, isn't it? Like, <laughs> that's so, insane. Oh, yeah. oh, sometimes the universe works that way. All right. So then what was the reaction from the fans or your followers, right? Who thought that they were going to get the book the next week or whatever. And then had to wait quite a long time. <laughs> I think they were, um, some of them were just really happy. They were like, oh my gosh, that's the dream. Like, congratulations. Um, October's really not far away. And then some other people were like, oh, that's really frustrating. I was really ready to read it. Um, but I'd actually sent out advanced copies literally that week. So, but a lot of people that were interested did get a chance to read it and review it. So I kind of satisfied a lot of the people. Um, but in saying that, I only sent out like, I think about 30 advanced copies. So it wasn't a whole lot of people, but um, yeah, most people were pretty happy. But I think now they're just like, oh, come on, like, we just want to read it. Um, but it's really not very far away now. So now that the you've got these two books out with Penguin, um, 
How has your strategy changed in terms of TikTok and Instagram in, in terms of, you know, your presence on social media compared to, you know, a year or two ago, whenever you first started? Are you still doing the same kind of things to promote the books? Pretty similar. Um, I just try to stick to trends that's happening. So whatever audio or whatever other kind of people are doing, I I tend to just, you know, draw inspiration from that. So a lot of the videos are similar, but it's always like a different style. Like I'm always trying to a different thing. Um, just What's whatever. an example? What are some examples of what you mean by the trends that you're following? Uh, sometimes, um, you know, it'll be a bit of a trend to do like um, a photo and just like, explaining like something that happens but in a bit of a mysterious way or another one and then another one might be just doing like a random um quote from a book with no context or um yeah a bunch of different videos and ways to go about it but um and then I like to just do whatever I feel like at the time like if there's a sound that I like um that I think works with the book like I'll use that yeah what do you mean a sound that you like so on TikTok, there's trending sounds. So sometimes it'll just be a song that's really big at the moment or um, like a clip from a movie that someone's put like their own music behind it. Um, and those sounds, um, when I say they're trending, it means like a couple of videos have used them and the videos have gone viral. So then a lot of people reuse those sounds for a lot of different like things. So like I could be using it to, in related to my books, but then someone else might be talking about a movie or or their car or something. You just kind of adapt it to whatever your niche is. What do you think your situation would be like if TikTok didn't exist? I think it would have been a lot harder to reach out to people, especially international, because um, I found that a lot of my readers were all US and UK. So that was like made up bulk of my readership. So I don't think I would have reached those accounts very easily um, you know, if I didn't have TikTok, like if I was just relying on Instagram, I don't think I would have had that reach. When you were writing um, Die For You, well, also meant to be, but I think Die For You is the more recent one. Are you feeding it around a day job or are you writing it full, or are you writing full time? And how, what's your goal in terms of, you say you can write 5,000 words, which I totally believe you in, in a sitting, but do, 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 do you have a routine or anything like that to to actually get the words on the page? Not really. Um, I do have a day job. So my our work hours are like 7.45 till about 5.30. So I do like really big days. Um, and I've just cut back my the amount of days that I work, which was um, a big decision because I've been at the place for a long time and I was a manager there. So stepping back a day, um, you know, was a bit of a significant thing for work. What, um, what is your day job? Um, I work as an orthodontist practice, mm -hmm. so I'm a clinic manager there. So we see like 60 patients a day and it's my job to just make sure the rooms are full and everything's stocked and the day is flowing. So it's pretty, um, pretty busy. So on the days that I work, I find it really hard to write because I'm just so tired um, with all life stuff around that as well. Um, but I, if I'm not writing, I try to at least read over my work and just edit and change and things like that because I find that part a lot easier than actually writing because the, the work's already there. You're just kind of um, sh like editing it and things like that. But um, now that I've got um, extra days in the week to work on it, I try to, I get up really early, get all my chores done, and then I just sit and write. Um, and I usually just, I don't have like a word count or anything that I have to get through. I just try to write 
ideas of what I want to happen and then I just start writing and go from there. So when you say ideas of what you want to happen, do you mean just for that scene or do you mean for a, a, like the book, the whole story? For the book, like in the first half, I'll, I'll make a list of things or people that are introduced or what I want to happen. And then I just kind of start writing and using that as a guide of, because sometimes I, I, I'll write and then I feel like I've just gone really off track. Whereas if I've got like a list, I can kind of keep the book moving to that particular point. Um, so then I just, yeah, I just kind of start writing. I don't, I'm not very strict with myself. I just, whatever flows, flows. Um, but yeah, I stay up late most nights working on my book as well. Okay. So with the two days that you've now, um, um, no longer doing the practice management at the, in dentistry, what kind of hours are you doing for writing on those days? I usually spend like the whole afternoon on my books. So usually, um, I do all my stuff in the morning, like walk my dog and appointments and all that kind of stuff. And then I usually try to spend four to five hours of just writing. Right. And, um, and then are you writing at night on your actual dentistry days? Sometimes if it's not as crazy of a day and I've got like a bit of, um, life still in me I will sit down and I will try and do a bit of writing uh, but yeah most of the time it's on my day off. So what are you writing now? I've actually um, just finished my next book which is unrelated again to the first two. Um, it's a, another romance but um, it's about a girl who's in love with her brother's best friend um, and it's a bit of a sports romance. Oh my god you're covering all the genres. Yeah I just write whatever I feel like at the time I'm a random <laughs> That's so cool. You've got like, you know, rural, well, country, coastal romance. You've got paranormal, you know, vampires. You've got sports romance. I love it. I think that's great. Um, So let's finish with what would your top three tips be for authors who want to get that traction on social media? I think posting regularly is the biggest thing. So um, I've had quite a few writers reach out to me and they're just like, how do you post every day? And I'm like... So every day, it's every day is regularly is what you mean? Yes. So you don't have to post every day, but I pretty much try to every day. Um, and obviously I do a lot of work, like long days and things like that. So what I do on my days off is I bulk, um, take photos and videos and even if I don't have time to edit or anything, I try to film and post all your, uh, take all your photos in one sitting um, and then editing if you can or just edit little bits um, whenever you have the time um, and then have that all sitting in a drafts or on your camera roll and then you just have it ready to go. So when you do have your really flat out stay, you can, um, you can just click post and it's all done. I even sometimes will do my captions ahead of time in my notes and things like that. So it really takes like one second to post the the photo in the video. But even though it took time to do that and edit it, it's not taking you time when you are busy. Um, so, so when think- you do that batch when you do that batch filming or batch preparing on, on a particular day, how long does that take you typically? Depends, um, or a week's worth of content? It depends. I'd probably say at least a good hour. Um if I'd actually in the videos, it's a bit different because um, I find it like I'm really awkward and I take a lot of 
um, confidence to actually like speak and things like that. Whereas when it's just of my hands or something, I find that really easy. And sometimes I can do like 10 videos in half an hour. Like I can do it really quick if I know exactly what I'm doing. But sometimes I just don't know. I just sit down and um, and then I'll go through TikTok and see what's trending. And then I'll see if there's an idea that comes to mind. That's when it takes a bit longer. Uh, but the editing process is the longest part when you've got to, if you've got to trim the video and then mash it up together and, and things like that. That's the part. So I usually, after I've filmed, I'll go get a coffee or something and I'll sit down and I will dedicate time to just editing the videos because marketing is so important. It's so much more important than I ever realized until the book was out. Um, and then I realized how much work goes into it to actually get people to know that you've written a book. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So post regularly is number one. What's number two and three? Um, just keep writing. So what I used to do is I would just sit at the computer for a long time and not actually write because I was too, like I'd write a sentence and I'd backspace it, then I'd write it a bit differently. And you know, I would end up writing like a thousand words over a really long time. And now I just write whatever comes to my head. I just write it all down. And then even if you scrap half of it or change it later, it doesn't matter because if you, you have something to edit, you can always make it better. But if you get too caught up in what you're writing, I feel like you end up just wasting time and things like that. So you just need to just get, in, get on the computer and just write as much as you can and then edit it later. And then you at least could have 10,000 words to work with instead of 1,000, for example. That's, that's great advice. And for number three, then I'm, I'm going to ask for another um how to promote your book or your or build your author platform tip from you? I think trying to find um, a theme or something really works, like uh, having like a color theme or um, even just if you have something every week, like, oh, I'm going to talk about a book that I read last week or I just have something where people can engage with you or even like um, get people to send in questions and then you answer them or um you know, you just have to take your time to actually interact with followers and, um, and, and just put in effort with things. And you don't have to always do the same posts every day. You can do something different all the time. Like I'm always doing something different. Like my feed isn't like all clean and aesthetic. It's all different things. And I think that's what makes it kind of fun. Like you want people to go to your page and just enjoy it and get new book recommendations and all that kind of stuff. I love it. Congratulations on Meant to Be and a Die For You. This is so awesome. And thank you also for sharing all of your insights in, into your journey. And thank you so much for your time today, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me. This podcast is brought to you by the Australian Writers' Centre, a world leader in writing courses. If you're a fan of romantic fiction and would love to write stories in this hugely popular market, our self-paced course in romance writing will be your perfect match. Romance is the biggest selling genre in fiction and many may think it's easy to write, but a good romance novel is much more than a love story. In fact, more than any other genre, there are crucial structural beats your story must hit to truly captivate your readers and have them coming back for more. This online course is your ultimate guide to writing romance novels that sell. Discover everything you need to know from the key tropes, conventions and reader expectations to the variety of subgenres and publishing options available. You'll cover how to craft a tightly structured story, one that's filled with believable characters and intimacy, as well as the right level of heat for your book category. 
Most importantly, you'll learn the techniques to ensure a satisfying climax every time. And because this is one of our online self-paced courses, you'll enjoy instant access and can learn at your own pace with 12 months access to all course materials. You can find out more at writerscentre.com.au slash romance.